Welcome to a special episode of the Dog Backwards podcast. What's going to follow is an interview with Pastor Oleg, who is fighting on the front lines in Ukraine. Not only is he a pastor, a man of faith, but he is helping train um, young and old civilians how to fight for their freedom. So it's an incredibly moving uh, interview. I know I was moved. The video on my end is kind of grainy, but his is fine. I'm not sure why that is, but I want to just encourage you to like and share this with as many people as you can, because he really wants this information to get out. So here's Pastor Oleg. Can you hear me okay? Pastor, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm okay. Nice to meet you. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Let me just jump right in. I know your time is precious. This is Pastor Oleg. He is Deputy Commander and Chaplain in Ukraine's Volunteer Territorial Defense Force. He is in the capital um, on the front lines. But more than all that, you're also you're a pastor. You're a husband and you're a father. Is your family okay? Uh, yes, they are okay. They are um, safe. They're, they're safer than uh, than most people in Ukraine at the moment. When was the last time you saw your wife in person? It was it was February twenty fourth. It was the day when Russia started. Uh, bombing uh, major cities in Ukraine. Is that the day that you kind of knew your life was never going to be the same again? Oh, man, it's hard to say because, um, you know, uh, you know, for um, for me, this is not this is not the what is it? 18th day or whatever day of the war for me this is the eighth year of the war for me the war started in 2014 when russia annexed crimea and and took over eastern parts of ukraine so that that was the time when i knew that my life is not is not going to be the same anymore but of course uh, i'm sorry okay. but of course um of course february 28th was um, um, it, it was it was a day when uh, when I was going to the uh, eastern front lines with my friends with with my team and we we never knew and we we didn't even think about uh, what what was going to happen and when um, when Russia started bombing uh, the city that we were going through on our way to the Eastern front lines, um, we knew that it's, it's gonna turn our lives again. Yeah. Now you're able to do these interviews as long as you have cell service and that's starting to become a worry. How much longer do you think you'll be able to do these type of things? Uh, I don't know. Um, the thing is, uh, my my unit is located on, on the um, on the southern yeah the southern uh, side of Kiev, and this side of Kiev is uh, is 
safe at the moment. So mm. the, all the battles are going on on the northern side, uh, and and that's where uh, where we're going to go to. But our side of Kiev is safe, and um, when Russian Russians are approaching Kiev, uh, they are trying to take down the cell towers. And, that's when the the cell phone connection goes down. Um, so you know, we don't know when the the rocket is gonna mm. fly and, and hit the the cell tower near us. So every moment is precious mm. moment, and, and and every time uh, I I call my wife and my guys calling their wives and and mm. parents, they, those are very precious moments. I I imagine so. Now, the Washington Post reported this morning that Russia had made another effort to try to get in to Kiev uh, maybe overnight. What's it like from your perspective? Kind of tell us the situation going on. Well, um, the thing is, um, Russian army is, um, we are outnumbered. So, so. Um, but we can we can beat them on the ground. Um, we we learned how to do it on the ground. And the problem is the air. So before uh, Russians are sending their tanks and troops on the ground, they they bomb everything. They're using artillery. They're using jets and rockets that they're launching from uh, from from the Russian territory and Belarusian territory. So that's the first thing they do. Uh, they're trying to bomb everything and destroy as 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 much as they can. And after that, they're sending troops and tanks. Um, so um, we know the tactics and we're ready for that. Um, we can beat them on the ground, but we can't. We can't. We, we just we can't beat them in in the air. So it's. Um, it's a hard situation we're in at the moment. Uh, we don't have enough planes. We don't have enough anti-rocket uh, units. Um, so we're struggling and Russians are bombing our cities every day. Uh, last night, uh, we almost didn't sleep because we were expecting uh, the invasion from our side. And um, Russians uh, launched, I think, 30 rockets uh, on Kiev only. Most of them were hit, uh, but some of them um, landed on on a uh, high rises in Kiev, and uh, civilians are dying every day. Russians don't care; like they don't fight soldiers, they they fight civilians, and that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to spread the panic, and and that they're just killing innocent people. Now you're training civilians am i correct that you have about 80 guys what what kind of yeah. age range are we looking at it's uh, the youngest guy we have is 18 uh, at least he says he's 18 <laughs> we didn't check and the, the oldest the, the older guy the oldest guy is uh, almost 70. and i see in photos that you've posted i mean everywhere you go you carry your rifle with you have you had to use it yet uh I, I don't want to. Of course, talk of course. About that. Yeah, that's tough. Are you able to? You said you didn't get much sleep last night. Are you able to go back to your house at night, or are you staying with the men? 
I'm staying with the men. Um, we had to abandon our house um, on February 24th when, um, as I said, I was driving to the Eastern front lines uh, and when uh, we, we were under the rocket uh, attack in Kharkiv, which is one of the major cities in the east of Ukraine, we we turned back and we drove home. Um, uh, after five hours of driving, we reached uh, our homes, me and my team. And uh, I talked to my wife and my kid, and uh, I told them that they have to leave. And they agreed because they knew that uh, it would be better for, um, for me that way, because um, uh, when I know that they're safe, I I can um, I can do what I have to do, and I don't I don't have to think about their safety. So, um, and it was a nightmare for them when I wasn't there when the bombing was going on because we just moved to our brand new house that we built uh, two months ago, and the it our house happened to be only 1.5 miles from the international airport and that was the very first thing russians were trying to destroy so uh, there were explosions on, on both sides of our house uh, they were trying to bomb the airport and then on the other side of our house uh, there was a military base which they were trying to destroy so uh, we, we had to abandon our house and i um, I'm staying with my guys here, um, and sometimes I go to my friend's house, which is not far away from here, because um, I have to watch my two dogs that I evacuated uh, from our house, and my wife just couldn't take take them with them. So I'm babysitting my dogs, and I'm trying to um, to teach my men and to fight. Yeah. I imagine having the dogs in your life brings a little bit of normalcy to it from time to time. And it's a nice escape. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and your wife, she's doing an incredible work right now. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so um, they, they went to the Western Ukraine uh, to a small town in the Western Ukraine where my, one of my friends is living and uh, he offered <laughs> He offered a place for them to stay, uh, so they went there. And my wife, um, I think, on the on the second day of after their arrival, she got in touch with the local government, uh, and uh, at the moment she is coordinating uh, a refugee center uh, that hosts uh, almost three hundred uh, refugees from from all over Ukraine, and she's working with. Um, with uh, refugees uh, trying to help them uh, physically and spiritually, and and uh, she, she's working with with uh, with the little children that have been through uh, shellings and, and stuff like that. So she, she's doing an amazing job. How is your faith in this moment? Like, how is that helping you? How is it manifesting itself? You know, um, as I said before, this war started for me in 2014. And since that time, me and my team, we were delivering aid to our soldiers uh, at the front lines. 
delivering like different stuff, starting with socks and ending with uh, bulletproof vests and, and you name it, anything. So um, at some point, um, at some point we got under heavy um, shelling and that was the first time uh, I had bombs falling uh, near me. And I spent 10 minutes in the bunker and those 10 minutes changed my theology. I would say it influenced my theology. It didn't change, but it definitely influenced my theology. And the way I, I see God, the way I see myself and people around me and this life and death and stuff like that. So um, at this moment, um, my faith is helping me because I'm not afraid to die. Of course, I'm afraid, but this is a different kind of fear. Uh, I'm not afraid to to die physically. Um, I, I'm just afraid of my loved ones. Um, to lose me, you know, I, I'm afraid that they that they're gonna that they would have to um, continue living without me in their lives that, that's the only thing i'm afraid of but I'm, I'm not afraid to die i know that i'm gonna be with jesus i know that um, they can kill my body but they can't mm. kill my spirit yeah you pray with these soldiers these young and old men alike who are suddenly thrust into this battle what is it that you ask god for in those moments yeah, um, every, every day uh, we start our day with a prayer and we end our day with a prayer. And, um, you know, as they say, there are no atheists in the foxholes. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, I, I've seen that during the last eight years. And I see it now. Um, they all are praying, even if they don't know how to pray, they they all are praying and I'm leading them in that prayer. And there are a few things we pray for. One of them is uh, we ask God to take care of our families because I know, um, uh, I know that it's very hard for me personally and for my guys to, um, to be devoted to protecting our country if we have to think about who's gonna take care of our families. So we ask God for that. And then uh, we're asking God to give us strength, give us strength um, at the right moment to stand up. And of course I'm praying for my guys to just stay alive. You know, uh, we don't need dead heroes. Right. Um, we need them to be alive because after we win this war, we would have to restore our country. And these guys, they are the best people in my country. Those who volunteered to, to defend the country. Um, they, they, they are just the best people and we need them to stay alive in order to 
rebuild the country in order to um, continue living. So yeah, th those are the things we're praying about. In the U.S., uh, your president Zelensky is seen as a, a hero. Do you guys feel the same way? He is my personal hero. He 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 is the one that uh, many um, Ukrainians left about. Like he he's just a comedian, you know. Like mm -hmm. can can a comedian do any good for the country? But um, I voted for him. And I like he is my personal hero. Mm. He, um, I, I know a little bit about this man through some people that know him personally, and I'm confident that um, he's 150% pro-Ukrainian, and he's not gonna step back, and he's gonna continue fighting. Um, yeah, so uh, he is my hero. Mm. How do you see this ending? in the best possible scenario, what what is your hope? The best possible scenario for, for Ukraine would be the destruction of Russian empire. Mm. Because even if we, even if they decide to sign some kind of peaceful agreement, it wouldn't help us. Even if the war ends today, this minute with Russia, taking back their forces, the war wouldn't end. Because that's what Russia has been doing to Ukraine for the last few centuries. They were trying to destroy Ukraine, Ukrainian culture, Ukrainian language, Ukrainian traditions. And that's what they will continue doing. And I hope, I hope and I pray that God would use this war and all the sanctions that the West is putting on Russia in order to just destroy Russian empire. Um, if Russia collapses as a Soviet, like Soviet Union collapsed, like nobody thought that that would happen, but it happened. And um, if Russia collapses now and breaks into, I don't know, 30 different small countries, that would be the best option for everybody, not just for Ukraine, because Putin is not going to stop. Mm -hmm. Putin would want to restore Soviet Union. He would want to take back all those former Soviet republics. And if he, if he wins in Ukraine, he's not going to stop. Baltic countries are going to be next ones that he's going to attack. So uh, my hope and my prayer that Russia just falls apart. And um, yeah, in, in, in that case, uh, we have a chance to survive. We're hearing um, that there's a lot of resistance in Russia itself, that many Russians don't want this war. That there was on the Russian-controlled media, one of the uh, work employees there got put in jail for holding a sign on live TV that they're being lied to and they don't want the war. Um, so we're hoping that the rest of the European Union and those within Russia can put a stop to Putin and what he's doing. My father, uh, right after the Soviet Union fell, came to Ukraine with about 100 missionaries to encourage and help the Ukrainian people. So you guys are very close to our heart. What can the American church do? We have people doing garage sales and 
selling items to raise money to send, but we're not sure the best place to send it. Or is money what is needed? Or um, are there supplies, specific things that we could try to get to you and your people? Well, there are a few things that you can do uh, besides praying. And when, you know, um, only now I have realized the power of the prayer and the power of knowing that someone is praying for you. I don't know how it works, but when I think and when I know that someone cares enough to kneel and to pray for you, it gives me confidence and it gives me strength at the moment when I need it. So uh, please be praying and not just be praying, but let people know that you are praying for them. This is a very powerful uh, weapon. So uh, praying is one thing. The other thing is creating, um, creating, um, speaking up for us, you know, uh, because you might be our voice in, in your country uh, and you can speak up for, for us, just creating an awareness about what's going on. Um, because many people in in the states they have no idea that they, they they hear something on the news but they don't care and I do understand them I, I do I do understand them but that that's something that may help us as well uh, creating an awareness uh, if if people know the truth if people know that Putin is fighting civilians that he is killing civilians in Ukraine. And if people would know that uh, in the last two weeks, 90 kids were killed and over 100 kids were injured by Russian troops, um, I think people would start thinking differently about what's going on in Ukraine. So creating an awareness uh, would help us a lot and putting pressure on your government uh, to to help Ukraine uh, and to... Uh, implement no-fly zone. As I said before, we can't beat them in the air. But if if uh, if NATO decides to uh, implement no-fly zone in Ukraine, that would be a turn turning point in this war. So that's that's the other thing you can guys do, and uh, of course helping um, helping those that you know and that you trust is another thing. Um, I'm sure that uh, ma- many churches in in the states they have they know someone in Ukraine, and they can find someone that is uh, fighting, someone that is helping civilians, someone that is evacuating civilians from the uh, red zones, and just help them, ask them what they need. Um, at the moment, uh, many many volunteers that are evacuating people. They need money for gas because gas is um, it's a lot more expensive than in, in the states, believe me. And there is a shortage of gas in, in of petrol in, in in Ukraine, and people just need money to buy gas in order to be able to take uh, people from the red zone, from the shelling, to a safer place. Uh, yeah. So just ask people what they need and help them. Um, in most cases, uh, money would be something that that can can be enough. I mean, 
if if you are trying to pack some stuff and send it to to Ukraine, it, it would take time and and um, yeah, just ask people what they need and okay. and help them. Is there any kind of like organization that you are working directly with that we could give directly to, or is there a PayPal or anything like that to where just we could send it right to you and your guys? Uh, there is PayPal that uh, my friends are using. Um, um, the, there is a Wells Fargo account that they're using in order to uh, directly support. Um, unfortunately, there are there are no official organizations that we can work with in Ukraine because uh, according to Ukrainian laws if 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 you if you send them money they have to it, it's a very complicated procedure right. in order to withdraw that money and spend that money and then to report where that money went to and it, it just it, not now you know not in the war conditions so um, yeah some of my Hungarian friends have an organization that is uh, working to get supplies and stuff to the front line. So mm -hmm. I'll post a link to that, that they can give yeah, to, yeah. to help in that way. Um, you know, as I look through your Facebook, you love motorcycles. I'll probably be out riding on motorcycles today. We're both pastors. I, I think we would probably have quite a bit in common. And so as I hear what you're going through, um, I think as a pastor to pastor, just how can I pray for you? Because my heart is with you. Pray. Pray for my man to get to know Jesus. Because I know that not I know that not all of them are going to go back home to their families let me pray with you right now if I could it'd be an honor to pray to pray for you and your men heavenly father I lift up my brother in Christ Though we meet as strangers today, there will be an eternity for us to get to know not only him, but all the brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine. And God, we know that your scripture says that there will be times that we walk through these valleys of the shadow of death, but you will walk with us. So God, we pray that all those who have not come to a saving knowledge of you today, this very week, that your spirit would turn their hearts over in such a way that they would cry out to their creator and their father. And God, there might not be a moment where everyone could be saved in this life from the terrors of this world, but you can save our souls at any moment. So God, we ask for that. And God, I pray that you would give this pastor rest when he can find it. I pray that you comfort him with the knowledge that his wife and kids are safe and that he has done his duty as a father to make sure that they are protected. God, I pray that he feels the love and even at moments the joy of knowing you. We ask these things your holy name. Amen. 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 Our church will continue to lift you up and pray for you. And we will get this out to as many people as possible so that 
uh, all the Christians in the U.S. Uh, are joined in prayers for you and your family and all those that you're looking over. Thank you so much for your time, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you for giving me a chance to speak up. This is this is one of the things. This is my second front line I'm fighting on informational war. I want as many people as possible to know about what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. Well, God bless. We're here. Have you had any uh, Americans come and join? I, I, I hear reports that there's a lot of them trying to, but have you run into any Americans there wanting to help? Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, I have I have a friend in America. I mean, uh, we're friends on Facebook and, and he... He contacted me. Uh, hey, are you here? I'm sorry. No. He okay. contacted me. Yeah, he contacted me and asked me if he can join our uh, our unit. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have many people uh, that can speak English at my unit, so I directed him to some other international unit that have a lot of foreigners and and, and they speak English. Uh, and I know of other uh, five Americans that uh, came to Ukraine to fight for Ukrainians. Well, I know the history of the U.S. Hopefully we have a fighting spirit the same as you do. And I hope just busload after busload of our citizens show up to fight just because it's the right thing to do. Whether it's our country or not, we are we are in the same fight for freedom together. Yeah. So. I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, thank you, and we're praying for you and your family. Thank you, Callum. And thank hopefully, you. hopefully, we can talk again soon after this is all over, and and we can bring a team to help clean up. And uh, we look forward to that reunion. Yeah, looking okay. forward for that. Yeah. God bless, brother. Bye bye.